Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to another episode of Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Foran. So this week, uh, you're with me and me alone again, and I want to talk about journaling for anxiety. So using a journal pen and paper the old-fashioned way does it help is it worth doing what should we be writing if we are journaling and how do we ensure that our journaling is that even a word anyway is productive and actually contributing towards our goal of reducing and owning our anxiety rather than something that maybe adds to it so when my anxiety um gets bad you know it still flares up from time to time i always find myself winding up taking pen to paper in a very haphazard way so I'm talking really just scribbling down some thoughts on the back of an envelope just to get them out of my head. I've always found it essential when you feel like you're at that point where you're bubbling over with anxiety just to release it um, in some way. And as a writer, it's, I mean, it comes easy and naturally to me to, to sit down and write something, but I'm not, I mean, I'm not writing, you know, anything poetic, any sort of piece of prose about my mental state. I've just found it useful to literally write down any and all of my anxious thoughts, no matter how ridiculous they sound, or all of the worst case scenario places that my anxious mind wants to go. And I just kind of let it go there. Um, And then I suppose, given my awareness of CBT and the bit of CBT I did years ago, and and which really helped me turn a corner, I would um, give myself a chance to look at those thoughts without judgment. That's the hard part. And then I question them. So I asked myself, okay, what evidence is there to support that this will actually come true? Uh, what does past experience tell me about this fear or concern? Is it a fact or is it opinion? Am I just speculating? If nothing else, I've always found this helpful just for the fact that you've you've addressed it. You know, at least I'm not trying to pretend like the anxiety isn't there or I'm not just hoping it will go away. 
which we know by now it won't if you just keep trying to suppress it. But as I said, my my own personal efforts with journaling have been very just reactive and typical me, you know, I'm trying to put out fires when they arise as opposed to keeping things calm on an ongoing basis when I feel good. Um, And if you're anything like me, you'll probably find that when you don't feel anxious, you just, you kind of just don't want to know about it. You know, you don't do the things that you know help keep you well. It's like having physio exercises for a difficult muscle. Like right now I've got some major pelvis issues since having had the baby. And when the pain is bad, yeah, I'll do the exercises. When the pain starts to get a little bit better, I don't do it and it comes back. Um, and then you're like, maybe I should have been doing this all along. Anyway, the same goes, I guess, for for mental well-being. Um, and it's always been, I've always had, honestly, quite a lazy attitude towards um, anxiety. And something I really tried to work on over the years is getting ahead of it uh, through this podcast and my books. Um, I'm the same with meditation. So I would definitely fall under the category of crisis meditation. And I'll always remember the significance or the importance of, you know, breathing exercise and getting mindful when I'm already at a point where I'm so anxious that my efforts to calm down won't be that productive. Um, you know, trying to get zen and meditate and be at one with yourself when the cortisol is coursing through you, it's not going to happen. You know, you need to give yourself a chance to learn those skills. Um, we all know, I think we all know, that it's far better to take care of ourselves and our mental health on an ongoing basis. But look, life gets in the way. Don't let that be something else that you beat yourself up about. You get distracted by other things and you're tired and busy and there's just there's just too many things on your to-do list to be squeezing in a half an hour of mindfulness or half an hour each evening to write in your journal. As much as it sounds like a nice idea and you know we'd all love to have that time and that enthusiasm, but many of us just don't. So hands up. I've never been one for regularly regular diary keeping. Um, I can just manage to fill in the odd Google calendar appointment. Never mind, write down my thoughts and feelings every day. Um, and I've also had a, an issue with a lot of the journals that are out there. Um, I have, I, I've lost count of the amount of them that I've bought, especially in January with the intention of, you know, becoming just Mrs. Organized on top of everything. So motivated, you know, pursuing goals left, right and centre. Um, and then after about a week or two, it all falls by the wayside. And I feel like a lot of them, and this is not to disrespect any brilliant journals that, you know, work for other people, but for me anyway, sometimes they would create more pressure in what's already a very pressurised world. And, you know, if you're not hitting those marks every day, if you're not rec- writing in it every day and, you know, that's enough for me to be put off in the first place, um, or if you're not tracking everything from, you know, your water intake, your daily goals, your weekly goals, your five-year goals, your macros, your micros, whatever they are, your miles, whatever. And then you feel, if you don't get all that tracked and you don't, you don't fill it in all the time, then you start to feel like you're failing at that task. And then if you're failing at something that seems quite simple, then you just, you're going to be hard on yourself and you might question your self-worth. And I know obviously the goal of the, these journals is to help motivate you. But I've also found a lot of the the tone with with these well-being journals can be, of course, they're well-meaning, but in such a motivational message, a lot of toxic positivity can come through, which is something we discussed last week on the podcast, um, where you know you might be encouraged 
with all these motivational quotes to only think positive and to just write down all the reasons why you're so grateful and, and you know, deny, I guess, by doing so, deny what you're really feeling. Um, and and maybe there's an element there of feeling ashamed of, well, look how fortunate you are. So the whole gratitude thing, I think, because it's sometimes a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, it's definitely, it can be helpful to think about what you have and how lucky you are, but not if it's going to make you feel shame and like I said in the episode last week, you know, turn back on yourself for feeling bad about very valid concerns that you have. Um, you know, you might be encouraged with another journal to only write positive thoughts down and and it's all very good vibes only. Um, and I've not come across many that allow for the shit days and for your negative thoughts to have space. Um, and they, of course, are valid. Um, so look, when you're feeling anxious, if, if anxiety is what's really troubling you you don't need any more pressure you don't need thinly veiled toxic positivity you don't need one more thing in your life to feel that you have to be nailing in order to be as well as the wellness industry now expects of us you need something that's you know takes the pressure off that's helpful reassuring that works with you rather than against you which you know is always my goal and that allows you to dip in and out when you feel the need and not feel like you're you're failing if you don't sit down to do it every evening unless you're that way inclined but I'm not. So with all of that in mind um, and knowing how much impact that small bit of scribbling during anxious waves has really helped me in the past, I decided to just go ahead and create something that I, as someone who struggles with anxiety, would need. So I made my own journal um, and it's, I guess it's a more workbooky journal daily diary counterpart to my first book owning it which is the reason we're all here um, and of course this podcast so with this episode I want to just talk you through what's inside it share some of the exercises and um, that you can apply just by listening to me talk through them um, that you might find helpful or that that certainly I find helpful and the journal is available on my Shopify page for the time being it's not in stores at the moment so it's I'm going to say it's like a little exclusive. Um, I post them anywhere in the world. Um, and the link is in my Instagram profile bio at Caroline Foran. And I'll also include it in the podcast notes for this episode here. So as I said, it's part daily diary, if that's what you want it for. So you can keep track of your appointments and things. And part anxiety workbook, giving you the tools and the exercises necessary to help you work through anxiety as and when it rises up for you. Um, it's not at all something you have to fill in every day, but of course you can if you want to. So Own It, the Anxiety Journal, is a laid-back diary for you to track whatever you want to track and have a vent whenever is necessary. Just, you know, let's just say enough with the toxic positivity and check in on how you're feeling and give yourself a gentle steer on where you want to be. So I draw from some popular cognitive behavioral therapy exercises, some mindfulness and self-compassion based exercises that have really worked for me. Um, and of course, we have a bit of a laugh in it as well. Um, and it's something that I have on my bedside all the time, but it's not something that I myself use every single day. Um, so this diary, as I say in the introduction to it, won't give you an additional 47 tasks to complete um, on top of what's already on your plate. You're invited to fill in your plans and to-dos, work the anxiety out of your system, and at no point will you be forced to track those micros, macros, micros or miles unless you want to. It's a practical, safe space for owning the anxiety that crops up for us every now and then and showing it rightly who's boss. And that, of course, is you. So at the beginning of the journal, there is, it, it starts with um, 
three key exercises to get you set up. Um, and these things I think are so important to do to set to build a foundation for, I guess, seeing where you're at and giving you a jumping off point to own your anxiety. So the first one is called You Better Believe It. Um, it says what you think about yourself matters. Why? Because you'll believe it and what you believe about yourself becomes your reality. So each week with the journal, you'll be encouraged to take no more than a half an hour of your time, just, just once a week, to reflect on the week that's been, the week to come, and check in on the relationship between your thoughts, feelings, and behaviours. So that's a cognitive triangle exercise. But before you get into that, it's important to take a big old step back and consider your core beliefs. If they're in good shape, you're good to go. If they're negatively impacting your life, you need to work on recalibrating them to better serve you. Core beliefs are assumptions you hold about yourself and they form the foundation for how you live your life, but they're not always true or helpful. For example, a common core belief of most people's is I'm not good enough. Bad core belief. A healthier core belief is I am worthy, I am enough, so on and so forth. So address your deepest core beliefs by asking, what do I really think of myself? And noting your self-talk. Are they fair? Are they accurate? Where do these beliefs come from? And know this is something that you can change over time and you don't need to feel any shame about them or you don't need to, this is like your private space. You don't need to, you know, make up core beliefs that aren't actually true. We've all got bad core beliefs in there somewhere. So decide that you've you've had enough of being so hard on yourself and decide that you're going to reframe your core beliefs in a more positive light. And I, and I say that, I mean a more authentic positive light not a toxic positive light and then when you're feeling good write down your best undisputable core beliefs here to lock them in remind yourself of them regularly and begin to believe them right down to your core so for this exercise you write down your five old or existing core beliefs give them some time to settle when you're having a good day come back and write five counter core beliefs or five new core beliefs that are true they don't have to be so far-fetched they don't have to be you know, something that you're striving for, it you, you have to just go and find a core belief about yourself. So for example, one of mine would be, an old core belief would be I'm weak uh, or I'm not strong. And I've worked really hard to change that. And now I say, well, a core belief of mine is that I'm, I'm sensitive. I'm a sensitive person. I feel things greatly. And that's not, that's not a negative. Um, that's not something damaging. That's allowing myself to be as I am. So that's the first little exercise. The next one is once we've covered our core beliefs, then we're looking at our core values. So getting your core value ducks in a row. In order to own this whole life thing, you need to ask yourself, who are you anyway? Living a random goal-focused life based on what you think sounds good can sometimes leave you feeling like a hamster on a wheel. Instead, when thinking about the goals you want to strive towards, consider this alternative. Decide on the kind of days you want to have. You personally, nobody else. How do you want to feel? What is your dream lifestyle? How do you want to spend your time? And what are your core values? Exploring this idea, writing them down here and coming back to them as often as you need to will help you to correct your course when the speed bumps of life come along or when your behavior and how you spend your time is out of sync with that which is important to you. Doing this work now at the beginning of working through this journal and getting this clarity will help you to make better decisions among other benefits. For example, you might have creativity or integrity as a core value or helping others, or you might come right out and say, yeah, being famous is a core value of mine. That's okay too. Your core values should reflect your priorities and they should encourage you to fulfill your purpose. They should help define who you are and who you want to be. So that's something that we don't tend to make time for, but when we 
when we have clarity on our core values and our core beliefs, we it seems abstract to anxiety, but it does help you get a better sense of yourself, which will only enable you to own it further. The next one is reframing your anxiety. It might seem impossible to reframe your anxiety in a way that positions it as something good in your life. Um, you know, it's very hard to do that. But think about it. What kind of person would you be without it? What if anything has anxiety given you that's been beneficial to your life? Does it make you work harder? Does it make you a more empathetic friend? Does it make you more driven to succeed? Are you maybe more willing to be vulnerable? Would you credit your anxious nature with any of your success? And that doesn't mean just professional success, but it could be relationships, anything. Has it made you far more self-aware and in tune with what's, with what's going on for you and what's not? It has for me. And it helps me be far more compassionate with other people as well. So as jarring as it might seem, in this exercise, I ask you to write down five things anxiety has given you that are good. Now it's time to rethink your anxiety in a way that stops you seeing it as the enemy or something to get rid of entirely. This is crucial because it's not the presence of anxiety that's really the problem, but our perception of it. For example, you could consider the fact that anxiety is your body's way of trying to protect you. It doesn't want you to be harmed in any way, though yes, it's sometimes still a little bit too vigilant. It's trying to warn you of something that you may be overlooking, and it might be telling you that you're headed down a path that doesn't serve you very well. It's your body's way of communicating with you that something doesn't feel right, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Write down five new ways to perceive your anxiety. So once you've got those three exercises down, you are then set up to own your anxiety on the regular. So come back to these goals, or not goals, core beliefs, values, and reframing of your anxiety every time you feel a wobble coming and remind yourself of what's important to you what you know to be true about yourself why your feelings of anxiety aren't something to get rid of entirely and how to better perceive your anxiety when it does pop up with the journal itself I'm going to tell you how it works so 
you have two days to a page, three on weekends, instead of mapping out every hour of the day, because who has 24 hour appointments in one day ever, simply jot down the key timings slash appointments for the day in question. The right hand side is where you write out your priority to do list. So be realistic about what you want to achieve in one day. Underneath that, bring your attention to one thing you can do each day that's just for you. And I always find it helps to ask myself, and this is bringing self-compassion into it, how can I help myself right now? How can I go easier on myself? What is one thing that would make me feel good right now? And it could be as simple as a cup of tea. If you fill it in retrospectively, that is fine too. There is no pressure here. And then underneath all of that, you'll find a space for your tracker. So you're encouraged here to track whatever is important to you because it might change from week to week. And who am I to tell you what you need to track? You can also leave this blank if you wish. So you can be tracking if you want how you're feeling anxiety wise. You can track your periods. You can track anything, whatever is important to you. It's really there for taking for you to shape. Um, so... Then at the end of each week, as opposed to every day, you are invited to check in on your anxiety without judgment, reflect on the week that's been and look ahead to the week to come. So then you've got 365 um, days worth of diary to fill in. And at the end of the journal, I have another batch of helpful exercises that you can turn to again and again. There's also plenty of pages throughout it for notes, just for random scribbling. So I won't go through them all here because I'll be here all day, but there is an exercise for you to to get working on with, um, which is a self-compassion letter, which is, you know, we've talked about on this podcast so many times how helpful that is for anxiety because self-compassion down-regulates anxiety and self-criticism stimulates it further. The next one is what zone are you in? So that's kind of identifying where you're at and helping you to see how you can move or maneuver things to get you into a better headspace without denying or suppressing what you're really feeling. That's a really helpful one. And like I say, there's notes pages at the side of each one um, so that you've got all all of the room to work things out. The next one is all of the small things. So one of the best ways to feel motivated and encouraged is to see evidence of our progress. It's not about the big wins, but the small, tiny victories. So that can be like when it comes to anxiety, you know, it might seem like, oh, well, look, that person over there is getting up and doing public speaking. And, and I like, I'm so anxious. I don't I think I'll ever do that. But maybe your anxiety like mine was so bad that you couldn't leave the house. And now that you could go out for a walk and maybe you won't have a panic attack, maybe you could meet someone for a coffee when we're out of pandemic times. That's a massive achievement. That seems like a small thing, but that's a major win. So stop where you are right now and think about your own marginal gains, the small things that show evidence of your progress towards whatever it is you're aiming for. Write them down, even if they seem embarrassingly inconsequential, because this is your journal. The next one is permission to freak out. And that is where we let you run wild with your worst case scenario thinking. And it's just really, really satisfying. So that's kind of self-explanatory. The next one is a factor opinion exercise, which I talked about at the beginning, where we look at our thoughts without judgment, ask if they're factor opinion and look for proof to validate them. Oftentimes with the anxious thoughts, you won't find that proof. And if you do, that's okay. Then you can work through that as well. There's another one called what's the worst that can happen. And then there's a behavioral experiment. And these are things that you can do once or you can just replicate and do again and again. And that's looking, say, for example, that something is actually coming up, something that you're dreading. 
um, maybe it's a, a, a meeting with someone on Zoom in particular um, that you've been nervous about with a, for a job. So your prediction, which you're going to fill in, is what you think will happen, how certain you are this will happen, how you will know if this prediction has come true. Then the experiment itself. So what are you going to do to test it? The outcome. So how did it go? Was your prediction accurate? And the learning. How likely is it that your predictions will happen in the future? And what did you learn? Because even if everything does go tits up, we can always take something from it. There's then a balancing your thoughts exercise. So thoughts you're having versus thoughts that you could maybe slightly tweak the perspective on. And then there's a breathing exercise that has a really gorgeous visual. Sometimes we just need to actually be guided through breathing, which just sounds mad because it's something we all do naturally, um, but we take it for granted. And I do too. And sometimes I need to see it on paper or watch a video or something to remind myself and, and experience the power of deep belly breathing to see immediately the impact it has on calming down that stress response then the last one of the last things is your survival kit which you can put together um yourself so that's looking at taking some time with a cup of tea to think about what your triggers are so you write down five things most likely to trigger you into feeling off so that you can easily identify why you're feeling it now for example i've taken too much on or my period is due or I have a big trip coming up. Again, I wrote this before COVID. Then write down five of your greatest strengths. For example, I'm good at problem solving or I'm very in tune with my own body. Write down five simple things that make you feel really good in the moment. For example, getting into a freshly made bed or inhaling some lavender oil in the bath and make sure it's personal to you. Maybe you hate baths. I wouldn't know. And then write down five things that you know will work to help you course correct. Things that you need to do to solve the problem. For example, penciling a few nights at home into my diary, having a conversation with my boss about what's on my plate. And this is something that you'll be able to go back again and again because when you feel anxious, it's like you're staring into the abyss of not knowing what to do. And this will help you to know, okay, I can see now what the triggers were. I can see, I know the things that work for me that help me to calm down. And it's always there. You're, you're, you're creating your own plan and step-by-step guide to owning it yourself without me telling you what it is you have to do there's another place where you can have an event and just give out and moan and bitch and do what say whatever you want to say because hopefully no one is going to get their eyes on this and then there is something that I've probably shared before I wrote out a series of 12 questions to ask yourself when anxiety and panic hits you um And it helps you to understand it better, feel physically more in control. And as a result, you reduce the anxiety. So I'll share them with you now for this podcast. And hopefully it's something that you can go back to again and again with the journal. Number one, what am I feeling? Number two, where in my body am I feeling it? Number three, can I simply allow for this to wash over me, knowing it will eventually pass? How is my breathing? That's something I can control. What's going on right now that might have brought this on? Number six, is it a situation or a thought that led to this feeling? Number seven, what are the vulnerability factors at play that might give rise to feelings of anxiety? Number eight, am I under pressure? Am I under the weather? Am I exhausted? Am I anticipating a future event? These are all vulnerability factors. Number nine, it feels like this has come out of the blue, but when I consider the wider context of where I'm at right now and what's going on in my life, does it make a little bit more sense? Number 10, can I vocalize this with someone to release the tension? Number 11, instead of being self-critical about how I'm feeling right now, can I be more self-compassionate? This will reduce the stress hormones in my body. And number 12, what's the one thing I can do right now to make myself feel even a tiny bit better? And then to finish off the journal, there is a series of reassuring reminders, which I'm sure I've shared in different ways and across different episodes. Um, But, you know, whenever 
you feel like fuck this like why do I have to suffer with anxiety why is it something that has to plague me these things work for me these are things I need to tell myself such as your mind and body are trying to protect you work with it instead of against it don't resist the anxiety let it happen it will pass when you feel that you are in a tug of war with your anxiety just drop the rope so much of our anxiety is wrapped up in anticipation your ability to cope is far greater than your fear that you won't Number four, having a bad week with anxiety does not mean you've gone backwards. It's not about never feeling it, but understanding it and knowing how to move through it. A couple of the others would be one of the biggest drivers of anxiety is rejecting where we are at. Fearlessness is not the goal. Being anxiety free is not the goal. And don't fear your vulnerability because if you're willing to look at it and embrace it, it could actually become your greatest strength. So that's the journal and I want it it's a bit different to other things that are out there in that it's quite workbooky but also you've got space to write whatever you want and you've got the obviously the daily diary elements to to get to work on as well so hopefully it has a couple of different uses um I'm delighted to finally share it with you and yeah it has really really helped me um and I suppose I want to just go back to the questions I asked at the beginning so you know does it help yes it massively helps but it doesn't have to be something that makes you feel pressure it shouldn't be counterproductive is it worth doing absolutely I don't know anyone who's used the journal so far and hasn't found it helpful what should we be writing well I've made that easier for you because I've given you the tools and the exercises and the questions to ask yourself if you're feeling like I don't really know how to journal and how do we ensure that our journaling is productive and actually contributing towards our goal of reducing and owning our anxiety rather than adding to it well we're doing that by making sure it's not too much it's not too often it's not too demanding and it's also exercises that's making you think and um, so therefore it's putting you in the driving seat it's putting you in control and that alone is going to make you feel so much better when it comes to your anxiety so that is it for me for this week and um, i hope i have given you some food for thought about journaling for anxiety maybe it's been something you've thought now that sounds like bullshit why would i bother um, but for me, I also rolled my eyes at it for quite a while and now I swear by it. Um, so I hope you enjoy the, the practical exercises that are in it. And as I said, it's available there on the link in my profile bio on Instagram at Caroline Foran and on the link in the podcast notes. I'll be back next week with a guest episode so you won't have to hear quite as much of me droning on. Thank you so much as ever. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.